0: Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which translated means God with us. The prophet that Luke is quoting is Isaiah, who lived 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah also uttered this famous quote, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, As a child, I received instruction both in the Bible and in the Talmud. I am a Jew, but I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus, His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. Jesus is too colossal for the pen or phasemongers, however artful. No man can dispose of Christianity with a clever remark. Well, Einstein truly was a genius. John Lennon said that he could believe in Jesus but he had a hard time understanding how God could become a man. Indeed, it is a difficult thing to grasp, God being a man. Often, our difficulty is in understanding the culture and the mind of a first-century Jew. The first-century Jew understood God in five ways. They understood the Word of God. John's Gospel opens with these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him not even one thing came into being that has come into being. A word is a vehicle of communication. God's clearest communication about himself was sending his own son. Jesus said, I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. He also said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus was the word of God personified. Next, they understood the wisdom of God. Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Jesus had unequaled wisdom. They understood the temple of God. Back in 1 John, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word used there for dwelt is actually tabernacled. The tabernacle was the temple, the dwelling place of God. Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He was speaking about his own body as the temple. The temple was where the glory of God was. And Jesus prayed, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. Colossians 2 9 says, In him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus was the temple of God, and full of the glory of God. Next, they understood the law of God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes these statements, You have heard, you shall not murder, and whoever commits murder shall be answerable to the court. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be answerable to the court." And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be answerable to the supreme court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. You have heard, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It was said, Whoever sends his wife away is to give her a certificate of divorce, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except for the reason of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries such a divorced woman commits adultery. You have heard, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, take no oath at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you take an oath by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. But make sure your statement is yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek Turn the other toward him also. You have heard, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus assumed authority even over the law. They understood the Spirit of God. In John 16, Jesus said, It is to your advantage that I am leaving you. For if I do not leave, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. Regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you no longer are going to see me. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears me speak, he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. Jesus assumed authority over the Spirit of God. I teach about the claims of Christ in episode 43 of Since You Asked, Lunatic, Liar, or Lord. Here are a few examples of Jesus' claims. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day, and he saw it and rejoiced. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and left the temple grounds. In John chapter 10 he said, I and the Father are one. And the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus replied to them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, We are not stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. In John chapter 14, he said, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father, as he remains in me, does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is is in me. Over and over, Jesus claimed to be equal with God. One of my favorite exchanges between Jesus and the Pharisees is in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus asks them a question, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit Call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Therefore, if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to offer a word in answer, nor did anyone dare from that day on ask him any more questions. Another amazing fact about Jesus is that he did not refuse worship. During the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus proclaimed, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And yet, in the Christmas story, the Magi worshipped the baby Jesus. After he walked on water, the disciples in the boat worshipped him. After the resurrection, the women at the tomb worshipped him. When Thomas touched Jesus' hands and sighed, he said to him, My Lord and my God. Just before the Great Commission, the disciples worshipped Jesus. And Hebrews 1.6 says, When God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all of God's angels worship him. Only God is allowed to receive worship. In Acts 10, Cornelius fell at Peter's feet and worshipped him, but Peter helped him up, saying, Stand up, I too am just a man. And in Revelation, John fell down to worship at the feet of the angel. And the angel said, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brothers and the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. How could Jesus receive worship without protest unless he knew that he deserved it? And my final thoughts about Emmanuel. Isaiah 44 6 says this This is what the Lord says He who is the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. Then Revelation chapter 1 reports I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Hmm, I was dead, and now I am alive. That's a giveaway clue. Then in chapter 2 of Revelation at the end, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you, of these things for the churches. Revelation 19 has a great picture of Jesus riding a white horse, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This Christmas, along with all of the festivities and traditions, family meals, giving gifts, singing carols, and decking the halls. I encourage you to rediscover the King of Kings. Rediscover the Incarnate Word, God in the flesh. Make Jesus your Lord, and like the wise men, the disciples, and the angels, fall down and worship Him. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold Him come, offspring of the virgin's womb veiled in flesh the godhead see hail the incarnate deity pleased as man with man to dwell jesus our emmanuel hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king this is jim berrier on since you ask wishing you merry christmas since you ask is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com/ask